to The People's Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on nutrition, health, and medicine. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time, then welcome to the People Scientist Army, where every week I arm you with the latest scientific evidence so that you can live the healthy life you want to live. This week is a request from a friend and listener a while back, and the topic they requested is apple cider vinegar. Now, many people have been toting the health benefits of apple cider vinegar. And a lot of people claim to add a small amount of apple cider vinegar to their water, tea, or salads on a daily routine. But what does the scientific evidence have to say about apple cider vinegar? Keep listening on to find out. So first, what is apple cider vinegar? Well, essentially, it is apple cider that has been fermented in order to produce acetic acid. Now, apple cider vinegar usually has about 5% acetic acid, which allows it to be labeled as a vinegar. The proposed healthful components of apple cider vinegar include the acetic acid, but also include the polyphenol antioxidants. So what do the studies say about apple cider vinegar? I think the strongest evidence for the use of apple cider vinegar is its beneficial effects on blood sugar levels. I remember way back when I was doing my master's degree in nutritional sciences, well now I'm aging myself, but anyway, when I was doing my master's, Carol Johnston had come to the hospital that I was working at, and she gave a talk on the findings of her clinical trial in which she gave apple cider vinegar to a cohort of patients with type 2 diabetes. And she concluded that it helped regulate their blood glucose levels. Since then, she and others have reported similar beneficial effects. For example, in the journal Diabetes Care in 2007, Johnston published a controlled crossover pilot study in which four men and seven women diagnosed with type 2 diabetes were asked to ingest two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar every night with a small piece of cheese before bed. The participants were instructed to keep their diet the same throughout the study. Now, by simply adding two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar before bed every night, the participants exhibited a significant reduction in fasting blood glucose level the next morning. Now, if the participants tended to have higher fasting glucose levels at the baseline part of the study, and they tended to see even better results with apple cider vinegar. On average, they saw about a 6% reduction in their fasting blood glucose levels. Now, some studies report beneficial effects of other types of vinegar as well, including wine vinegar. For example, in 2010, Liatis and colleagues investigated the effects of 20 grams of wine vinegar in patients with type 2 diabetes. Now, they had added the wine vinegar either to a high glycemic meal or a low glycemic meal. Now, a high glycemic meal means it raises blood glucose levels more than a low glycemic meal. So in this study, the high glycemic meal included instant mashed potatoes made with low-fat milk. The low glycemic meal was whole grain bread with lettuce and low-fat cheese. The investigators noted that with the addition of the wine vinegar, blood glucose levels decreased by nearly 20% after eating the high glycemic meal. However, there was not much of a benefit observed on glucose levels when the vinegar was taken with a low glycemic meal. 20% is quite a substantial finding. 
In 2010, Johnston investigated in a cohort of 27 patients with type 2 diabetes the effects of three different interventions on HbA1c levels. Now, HbA1c is that gold standard measurement of long-term blood glucose level control. So the, inter the three interventions included consumption of four tablespoons of apple cider vinegar split up throughout the day taken with meals, or an apple cider vinegar pill that contained about 20% of the dose of the apple cider vinegar itself, or a dill pickle that contained half the acetic acid of the apple cider vinegar dose. Now the participants were asked to follow these interventions for 12 weeks. After 12 weeks, the dill pickle and the apple cider vinegar pill did not result in a beneficial effect on HbA1c or blood glucose levels. But the first intervention of adding a total of four tablespoons of apple cider vinegar with meals throughout the day lowered HbA1c levels by 0.16% units. Now this is quite substantial, as an HbA1c of 6.5 is considered a diagnosis of diabetes. So by dropping 0.16 points, that can mean the difference between controlled and uncontrolled diabetes. Now this was published in the journal Diabetes Research and Clinical Practice. One important thing to point out about these clinical trials again is that they tend to not be blinded so they're not of the highest quality. The ideal clinical trial would be to have a group of participants receiving a placebo and that none of the participants would know if they are receiving the vinegar or the placebo. So just keep in mind the quality of these studies is not ideal. However, the results are still quite interesting. Now, how about in people that do not have diabetes? Is there a benefit of apple cider vinegar added to a meal? In 2010, Johnston and colleagues assessed the effects of different amounts of apple cider vinegar ingested, either five hours before a meal or with a meal, on blood glucose levels in both patients with type 2 diabetes and in those without. In the first trial, the investigators observed that a 10-gram dose of apple cider vinegar was most effective and reduced blood glucose levels by up to 28% when taken with meals. And that's quite substantial. They also noted that taking apple cider vinegar is most effective when ingested with a meal as opposed to ingesting it without food. The investigators noted that apple cider vinegar reduced blood glucose when taken with a white bagel. However, apple cider vinegar did not seem to be so effective in reducing blood glucose levels when it was taken with a sugary drink. The reason being that it is proposed that apple cider vinegar reduces the digestion of carbohydrates to their monosaccharide simple sugars. So if you are consuming something that already contains those simple sugars, such as a sugary drink or a soda, apple cider vinegar is not likely to benefit. Osman in 2005 in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition reported that varying concentrations of acetic acid in vinegar is able to lower blood glucose levels in healthy subjects after eating a slice of white bread. So what is the mechanism? How does apple cider vinegar lower blood glucose levels? As several clinical trials, regardless of if they were blinded or controlled, are showing the same results. Well, as I alluded to earlier, it is thought that apple cider vinegar slows or prevents the digestion of carbohydrates to their simple sugars. So therefore, the apple cider vinegar is preventing the sugar from going to the bloodstream at a high rate, at a fast rate. There's also some evidence that apple cider vinegar may slow the rate at which the stomach empties, so it can also slow our digestion in general. 
And in animal studies, some scientists have shown that vinegar can alter our liver and muscle glucose and sugar metabolism in order to beneficially impact our blood glucose levels. So I would say that the data in regard to apple cider vinegar and blood glucose control is fairly strong. I mean, in some regard, when they're looking at the clinical intervention of consuming apple cider vinegar with a meal, like it's an acute study, there's not necessarily a need then to be blinded because, I mean, the participants knowing if they're getting apple cider vinegar or not really can't impact their blood glucose levels or how their body's able to digest. So in the end, I think that the studies were fairly well designed. And I think that the results are pretty fair to suggest that adding apple cider vinegar can help with blood glucose regulation. Now, there are some personal stories I've heard that apple cider vinegar can help reduce inflammation and pain in people living with inflammatory conditions. I did not find any strong clinical evidence to support this. In some animal studies, apple cider vinegar is reported to have some antioxidant effects and can decrease markers of oxidative stress and inflammation Apple cider vinegar also reduced the production of some pro-inflammatory molecules such as TNF-alpha and interleukin-6, but this was done in only cell culture. However, we do know that diabetes and high glucose levels can induce inflammation and produce advanced glycation products, which are very pro-inflammatory. So perhaps indirectly, helping obtain healthy blood glucose levels can reduce some inflammatory processes in the body. Now, what about other conditions that apple cider vinegar has been investigated for? Besides the beneficial effect on blood glucose levels, Kondo and colleagues in 2009 assessed the effects of vinegar on body weight, waist circumference, blood cholesterol levels, and body fat percentage in a population of Japanese individuals. Participants were asked to consume either 0, 15 milliliters, or 30 milliliters of vinegar diluted in water every day for 12 weeks. Now, body weight dropped by, on average, 3.5 kilograms, or 7.7 pounds. Blood triglyceride levels improved by, on average, 22%. And total fat area also reduced significantly with apple cider vinegar addition. Now, these patients were not diagnosed with diabetes, and their blood glucose levels, or HbA1c, that gold standard measurement of long-term blood glucose control, did not change with apple cider vinegar addition. Darcy and colleagues published in 2011 that vinegar may reduce appetite and induce feelings of fullness and satiety because acetic acid is a short-chain fatty acid that may act upon particular receptors, such as the short-chain fatty acid-activated G-coupled protein receptor and the free fatty acid receptor 2 that can release leptin and neuropeptide YY, those gut hormones that can induce satiety and feelings of fullness. Dartsy in 2014 investigated the effects of vinegar on measures of appetite, satiety, and feelings of fullness, as well as the tolerability of ingesting vinegar daily. The investigators noted that ingestion of vinegar does indeed reduce appetite, but warned that vinegar ingestion may also induce feelings of nausea, and thus to be cautious of this. Another important thing to keep in mind is that apple cider vinegar, or any vinegar in fact, is quite acidic and it is best to consume the vinegar diluted in water or incorporated into the food of a meal so you can protect your throat, teeth, and esophagus against the acidity of the vinegar. Apple cider vinegar has also been investigated for its effects on blood cholesterol levels. Now, a lot of animal studies have shown that adding apple cider vinegar can lower cholesterol 
particularly when combined with a high-fat diet. However, when it comes to clinical trials, I would say that the data is not very strong and more conflicting for the impact on blood cholesterol. Now, there are two trials that have looked at the ability of apple cider vinegar to lower cholesterol. One of the trials was not very well designed, but they did show a beneficial impact on cholesterol. The other clinical trial was well designed, however, it was sponsored by a vinegar manufacturing company, so there could be a bit of a conflict of interest. Nevertheless, this one trial did show beneficial impact on triglyceride levels, but there was no impact on total blood cholesterol. So I think the verdict is still out on whether or not apple cider vinegar can help with blood cholesterol. In some animal studies, apple cider vinegar is reported to have some antioxidant effects and can decrease markers of oxidative stress and inflammation. However, again, this is yet to be replicated in clinical trials in humans. Lastly, apple cider vinegar has been studied for its antimicrobial properties. Moda in 2015 reported that apple cider vinegar showed antifungal properties against the candida species, which often impacts people wearing dentures. Thus, apple cider vinegar represents a possible therapeutic alternative for patients that suffer with denture stomatitis. In the journal Scientific Reports, Yagnik published last year that apple cider vinegar can reduce the growth of bacterial strains such as E. coli, Staphylococcus aureus, and yeasts such as Candida albicans. So apple cider vinegar appears to have some strong antimicrobial effects and thus can be useful in many situations where a natural antimicrobial agent is needed or preferred. So that is it for this week's episode on the People's Scientist. In brief summary, apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid and some polyphenol antioxidants. The strongest data is in support of apple cider vinegar to lower blood glucose levels when taken with a carbohydrate meal. A small amount of evidence suggests that adding apple cider vinegar to your daily routine may lower body fat and triglyceride levels and induce feelings of fullness and can reduce appetite. But it is caution that apple cider vinegar may cause feelings of nausea, so please do be cautious of this and to stop taking it if you experience these feelings. Apple cider vinegar is also quite acidic, so it is suggested to dilute the vinegar or to mix with food. Apple cider vinegar is also shown to be very effective in having some particular antimicrobial properties against specific bacteria and yeast. Lastly, the effective dose of apple cider vinegar in these clinical trials ranged from 10 milliliters per day to 60 milliliters split up throughout the day. So if you are to add it to your diet, please do so cautiously. Start slowly and remember to dilute it in water or with food. So thank you for tuning in this week to the People Scientist podcast. Please leave me a review and let me know what you think of today's episode or reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. All right, my People Scientist army, I have armed you with the scientific knowledge on apple cider vinegar. It is up to you now to do with this information what you will. I hope you all have a super healthy week, and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode on the People Scientist Podcast. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates.